Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. So I want to pick up a little bit on where we're at last week. If you were here last week, we talked a little bit about a lesser known moniker for the Holy Spirit. The Celts often refer to the Holy Spirit as the wild goose. Um, if you look back in history, and, and they did that, you know, sometimes we refer to, to God as a dove, the, the peace of God coming as a dove, but they're like, you know what, Holy Spirit, he needs something, he needs a little edge to him, right? And so over time, they developed this tradition where um, they, they begin to know him as a wild goose, and, and why is that? Because the, the Holy Spirit, life in the Holy Spirit is a little bit risky, it's a little bit unpredictable, it's a little bit tame, or it's a little bit, uh, we, we, when we try to tame God, he, the Holy Spirit comes in and says, I'm going to change things up a little bit, right? And, and that's not a, that, that's, the wild goose is not something you necessarily find in Scripture. I want to tell you about something else we do find in Scripture as it relates to the Holy Spirit. And, and kind of teeing off where we're at already, I want to, I want to talk and, and, and launch into this by talking a little bit about the mother heart of God, okay? Now, before you take your shoe off and throw it at me, um, let me show you where this is in Scripture, okay? Uh, we talk a lot about the Father heart of God. That's how Jesus referred to, that's how Jesus referred to God. He referred to him as Father. And it's really important that Jesus revealed, to, revealed God as Father in the Scripture because what he's emphasizing is that we come from the same origin. We share our origin in God. We come from his seed, an in, imperishable seed. And so, so there's, a, there's a certain revelation when we know God as, as Father and that our origin is from Him, that He delights in us. He's well pleased by us as His sons and His daughters. But when we open the Scripture, we also see different attributes of God um, that we could consider more motherly, okay? Now, just, just for a moment real quick, it's important that we understand that God is neither male or female, okay? He is transcendent. Uh, above that. And, and so when we look at Scripture, we have to see that he embodies uh, qualities that we would attribute to different types of things, all right? But he is neither male nor female. He is God. He reigns above it all. He is above all things. He is totally other than us. We are his creation, which he loves. And we can see him in all of creation. But he is, he is other than us. But what I love is when you read through the Scripture, we see different qualities of God that it's worth it's worth paying attention to. Even Jesus himself in Luke chapter 13, verse 34, he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing, right? And so even Jesus is referring to this, this nature, this tendency, this instinct to want to gather, gather them in as a hen does her, her brood. And we'll come back to that here in a second. The prophet Isaiah, several different times, refers to a motherly instinct of God. He says, but you know, speaking, speaking from God's perspective in Isaiah chapter 42, he says, but now like a woman in childbirth, I cry out, I gasp, and I pant, right? And then in Isaiah 66 verse 13 it says, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. And, and we begin to see through the whole breadth of Scripture that, that, that God embodies tendencies to, 
to want to gather and to want to nurture and to want to comfort and want to hold in and want to carry. And it's this really beautiful, um, these really beautiful aspects of the nature of God that it's worth looking at because sometimes we, I think, when we only carry one angle of the view of God, we miss out on how he might be at work in certain parts of our life. And the one particular passage I want to look at, though, is Genesis chapter 1. In the very beginning, when we're first introduced to God and the activity of God and his creative, uh, his creative nature, um, we step into the Genesis account, when there's layers upon layers upon layers here, but I just want to read the first two verses. It says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And what I love, what I love about this, um, the beginning of the Genesis account, it's starting, starting to introduce us to the first things we need to know about God. We, first, the first thing we learn about God is that he's a creator, and that he is about life. And he, everything he does is about creating life because that's all he can do is create life, right? And, and so then the second thing we see, though, is it paints this picture that, that there was a void. That the earth, it says the earth was, was empty, was formless, and, 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 and there was a void, right? And darkness was over the face of the deep. And, and it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, um, I, want to, I want you to pay attention to whatever picture comes into mind for you right now, okay? And you think of the spirit hovering over the waters, the beginning of creation. What kind of picture comes to mind for you? Just pay attention to that. This word hover is, is actually, in, in Hebrew, it's this word brooding. It's this word to brood, which is a very specific term to, to birds and nesting and hens and the way they gather in their chicks, right? And, and birds and the way that they that their wings will come in and overshadow. And I want you to get this picture. You have this picture of this, this eagle here. And I want you to picture, instead of whatever you were picturing in your mind, I want you to picture the Spirit of God at the beginning of creation and just these wings outstretched over this, this emptiness, over this place of darkness, over this void and, and there's so many words that these words mean, this emptiness, this void, it's formlessness, it's confusion, it's unreality, it's wasteland, wilderness, places of chaos, right? And so when we're introduced to God, we're introduced to the Spirit of God, who a little bit different than a wild goose, sometimes is also known as a, as a hen or a, a bird who, who hovers, who broods in a place of emptiness, waiting for life to be nurtured into existence, right? Now, I, I want you to think about, go back to that picture you were thinking a little bit ago, and I asked you to think about what, what is the mental image that comes to mind when you think of the spirit hovering over, over the water? Because I know for me, I sometimes have this picture of thinking like, you know, just this fog just kind of rolling around, Right? And sometimes it's challenging when we think about our view of the Father, Son, and Spirit, right? We see Father as, you know, big God on a throne. Jesus as, you know, you know, 
the little one with the, with the tiny scepter in his hand, and then, you know, the Holy Spirit just poofs around, you know, like a, like a magic genie or that type of thing, just doing whatever he wants. And, and so sometimes our mental images prevent us from knowing the nature of God, all right? And we just have to be honest with those things. And, and I think even for me, when I've read this before, I just saw this, this fog, you know, just kind of hovering around in this, this darkness. But what this reveals to us, this brooding nature of God, the way he broods, the way the Spirit broods over emptiness, shows us a little bit something different. It's not just this, you know, this just floating in the atmosphere. There's an intentionality even to the Spirit of God and what he does in places of void and the gaps of, of the universe. And that's what we see in creation. And, and that nature continues all throughout Scripture and even into our lives today. Do you know that the Spirit of God is brooding all over the earth? He is brooding. The Spirit of God is nesting over places where, where the Father is intending to bring life and to bring joy and to bring peace and to bring new meaning into people's lives all around the earth. And so as we continue in the story of Scripture, we, we, start, we start in creation of the Spirit of God brooding. But, but, but we know that where the story goes from there, oops, let's call that the power of God right there. there was another kind of emptiness that was about to enter the human experience. You know, and after we get through Genesis 3, and after there's a rift that comes into our relationship with the Father and the Son and the Spirit, and we, we walked away from this certain kind of intimate relationship, there was a, there was a, a fracture in the harmony, in the rhythm, in the shalom, that existed relationally, and there was this, this new kind of void that would enter into um, what people would know, how they would relate to God. It just wasn't quite there. It was a little chaotic. It, was, it felt little like a, a wasteland for a long period of time. But once again, the, the Father decides that it's time to create again. And I want to pick up in the New Testament here In Luke chapter 1, which many of us are familiar with, it says this in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, right? The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. For the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will have no end. His kingdom will never end. And so God comes to announce, to proclaim, to declare this new life that he wants to bring into not just Mary's life, but the entire world, the entire cosmos. And so Mary responds probably, probably the right way, uh, probably the most natural way. In verse 34, and Mary said to this angel, how will this be since I am a virgin, right? Which is a really good question because how do you intend to create life in a place that doesn't feel like there's potential for life right now. 
And if you notice here the parallels of what's happening, it's important that we understand that God is revealing himself the same way he did in Genesis chapter 1. Okay? So what happens in Genesis chapter 1 in a place of void, in a place of, of emptiness, it says the Spirit of God was brooding and just kind of hovering and waiting and just creating a place and a gathering place. So when the, the voice of the Father spoke, he was, the Spirit was ready to produce life wherever the Father spoke, right? What I love about this is that we come, it comes time for a new creation to happen, and we meet this young virgin named Mary, and God says, listen, I'm going to create life inside of you. It's going to be an amazing life. And she says, well, that's great. Question, I'm a virgin, right? How is that supposed to happen, right? And how is it supposed to happen? Verse 35, and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. So in the midst of Mary's question, how is that supposed to happen? God introduces himself as the one who will come and overshadow, right? And so we're, the original creation was the brooding of the Spirit. The brooding of the Spirit happens again, where Mary, in her questioning, is met by a God and says, listen, I, I know that you have a thought of how this is supposed to happen. There's questions in your mind and uncertainty of how life is supposed to be produced out of nothing. But guess what? There's a new type of brooding that's happening here. The Holy Spirit is going to come over you and like a, the overshadow, like a wings overshadowing the chicks, baby chicks. God says, I am going to come overshadow you. And in my overshadowing, it's going to produce something new. It's going to produce a life there. And it's really important that we understand that nature of God because I, I know that in this room, you know, if we were in that scenario, when, when Mary asked the question, how is this supposed to be when I am a virgin? See, we, that's, it's a really good question and we have similar types of questions. We just ask them in different ways, right? When we look at our lives and God says, listen, I want to break forth. I want to do something new. And we carry those words in our heart and we ask God, how is that supposed to happen? All, all I have are gaps and voids in my life. All, all I have are, I have a lot of potential, but I don't know how any of this is going to happen. And God says, listen, I want you to understand that I don't avoid your voids. He doesn't avoid your voids. In fact, he chooses to nestle in them. He chooses to draw near and to hunker down. And in the places of our life that feel like there's a disconnect, God says, listen, those are the very places where I'm at work in your life. And so some of you say, you know, you know, how is this going to happen? I'm a virgin. How is this going to happen? I don't make enough money. How is this going to happen? I don't have this. How is this going to happen? I missed this opportunity. How is this going to happen? I've already failed at that before. How is this going to happen? Life has already passed me by, right? So we have different ways we ask the question. But the mother heart of God rushes into these places where we feel like we've missed something. We feel like we lack something. We feel like there's a, a certain emptiness. And he says, listen, that's all I need to do what I do best. That's all I need. Do you know that the Spirit of God broods in voids? Some of us are so aware of our, the gaps in our life that we think it disqualifies us from the work of God in our life. The first thing we learn about the Holy Spirit, though, is that he is no stranger. He is no stranger to chaos. Somehow, 
He delights in brooding, in brooding in places that just feel a little disjointed, that feel a little disconnected, that feel a little chaotic. And I think probably mothers know what that feels like. I know my mom probably knows what that feels like. I mean, one of the things I'm most thankful for for my mother is growing up, how thoroughly she was invested in prayer. And I, I don't think she knew what to do all the time, right? I mean, just like I said before, it's like most of the time we're all just making it up, I think. But she knew how to pray. That's one thing she knew how to do. She didn't know what to do, I don't think, in all of these questions and mysteries going on with her kids and her family and all these different things swirling around. But I do remember her praying. I do remember her being really good in secret places and crying out to God and saying, God, there is, there is something happening here. And instead of moving away from it, I'm going to move into it. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to linger here for a little bit longer and pray and cry out to you on behalf of my family, right? And I remember just always being so blessed by that, even by my parents with their heart for worship, just me going to bed at night while they're still rocking out in the living room on the piano, just pouring themselves out. It's just jam sessions, multiple nights a week, right? In our living room. And I just remember this all the time. And they didn't need anybody around. They didn't need anybody in the, you know, in the living room. They didn't need anybody in the house. It was just them before the Lord just, just going for it. And what were they doing? They were holding a place, right? They were just holding a place. They were just... We're going to be present here long enough in this place that something is going to happen. And maybe they didn't say it like that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe sometimes we do that and we don't know what's going to happen. But there's a part of, of the nature of God, the Holy Spirit of God, when he comes into our lives, I, I believe the encouragement that he wants to bring today is as, you know, as we become people who recognize the work of the Spirit of God in our lives, we can't miss over and pass over looking and paying attention to the places that feel like void because it, it's a good chance that in those places of gap, he is already there brooding so God can create new life. And that hits us in a lot of different ways, I think, today. But one of the things I love about this nature of God is that the way that he invites us to participate with him in the brooding. And so we see how the Holy Spirit overshadows Mary to produce life out of nothing. It's a new creation. And then when Jesus leaves, he said, hey, listen, go hang out in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit falls upon you, right? The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And that word fall upon is the same word, overshadow. In Greek, it's the same word, overshadow, epsi-skiadzo, epsi-skiadzo, right? I said that perfectly. (laughs) And he says, I'm going to overshadow you. And we just keep reading the story. We get to Acts chapter 5, and we see the apostles. We see Peter just walking down the street, you know. And it says, that they were so overshadowed that people would actually come take their sick out of their homes just to go place them in the shadow of the believers. Same word, to overshadow. And so the God who broods in creation, who brooded over Mary and produced life, he comes upon us in power so that in the same way we can participate with him in our coming, in our going, in our living, 
in, in our walking around, in our conversations, that we can actually participate with them, that the very places where our shadow is cast has a healing property and nature to it because the places we linger, because of the Holy Spirit is in us and upon us and around us and, and, has, and, and, and empowers us through him, we're able to go into places and just like Peter the sick, they would bring the sick out just, to, just that he, he could overshadow them and they could be healed. I believe that God wants to remind us that we participate with him in the brooding. We are the people that not only see the brooding and the gaps in our life, but we get to participate with him in lingering and brooding and hovering and gathering and nurturing in the people in our life. Do you know that that's part of what he's given us to do? That is part of what he's given us to do. And so I want to ask a couple questions here. On both of those things, how are we, how are you doing at recognizing and seeing where the Spirit is brooding in your life? How are you doing with that? Like even now, are there places in your life that maybe feel like gaps or lack or I don't have this or there's a there's a void in my life of this that possibly, that maybe you suspect that the Holy Spirit is highlighting those things just so he, because he wants you to know that he's just, he's going to sit on you. You ever feel that pressure of God in those places? And he's like, it just feels like God. And he's, I'm just going to, I'm just going to hang out here. I'm just going to create a safe, warm place. That's a strange picture of God right there. <laughs> but I, I, I don't doubt, though, that even those places of anxiety, those places that worry us and concern us, I, I don't doubt, though, that maybe it's an appropriate picture to say, you know what? I'm just going to go take a seat over those places. I'm going to sit down, and I'm just going to wrap my wings around you in these places. We're just going to sit here, and we're just going to Sit here and let the work of God take place in these gaps to produce something you never thought was possible. Sometimes we're so concerned about the future that we've lost our ability to see what God is up to. Is that anybody here? You ever notice that when you're worried about the future, it's really hard to find God? You notice that? But if you're able to be present, if you're able to be present with God and be with him right now, he's always willing to be found right now. And we debilitate ourselves because we want to see God at work in the distance. We want to see God at work in these ways. And he said, no, 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 I'm sitting with you in these ways. I'm overshadowing you. Do you not see that? And I believe the answer to that question how are you at seeing the brooding of the Spirit in your lives really informs your ability to walk in the power of the kingdom in your daily life. Because most of our lives, if we're just honest, it just feels a little formless sometimes, right? Does it ever feel a little chaotic? Uncertain? Sometimes you've got more questions than answers. And so in those places... The Spirit of God is just like, yeah, you know what? This is my specialty. So whoever told you that being a Christian is having your whole life figured out, 
they may need a little help themselves. Okay? Because the Spirit of God says, no, 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 no. The quality of life that you live with me is about your ability to perceive where I'm sitting with you in these places. And you think you need to be this, and I'm just trying to gather you in and let you know that I'm taking care of this, right? And so God desires that we see where he's brooding in our lives. We are not to be overwhelmed by the gaps, but to be overshadowed in the gaps. Don't be overwhelmed by the gaps. Be overshadowed in the gaps, okay? And then the second question I, I would ask here is we're perceiving where God is at work in our lives. Where is the Spirit of God brooding in the lives of the people in your life, in your world? Because when we walk out of this room, we're not walking out of this room as passive participants in the kingdom of God. Anybody? We are fully empowered as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are sent ones of God. You walk out of here empowered to live a life with the Father and the Son and the Spirit for the good of the world. And when we can perceive God brooding in our lives, it allows us to walk down the streets of our neighborhood and the halls of our office places, wherever that might be, and to say, God, where are you at work in the lives of the people who I share a space with, in the lives of the people who I share a street with, right? And what I, 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 what I love about that question is it keeps us on edge because you know that God is not just waiting for us to get to work. He's already at work. The Spirit of God is brooding all around the world. And so we have two options. We can either get super bummed when we watch the news about what's happening in the nation or around the world, which a lot of us do. We can be crippled by the need, which is possible to do. Or we can say, Holy Spirit, where are you at work? Where are you brooding? Where are you about to produce life? Because I want to go and be a part of wherever that is. Okay? And it empowers us when you walk down your street and you meet your neighbor and, and maybe weeks, months, years down the road, finally a conversation pops up where they ask you to pray for them or they open up their heart just a little bit to you and you can see there's a place in their heart where the Spirit of God is brooding. It allows you to say, God, I, I get now, I get to participate. I, I'm just going to cast a shadow here long enough for healing to take place, Right? Because that's what he calls us to do, just to linger in certain places longer than you normally would. And so some of you, that's going to inform even, even this week. One of the things I, I love even about this church, when I look at the story and the origins of this church, some of you don't even know this, but back in the late 70s, early 80s, I don't even know, I remember Pastor Walt telling this story, and there was a Southern Baptist church in South Boulder um, that was a meeting, and, and they something started to awaken inside of them. It was where Cornerstone Church currently meets, all right? And there's this, this group of people that started being visited by the Holy Spirit, and something started to stir. And I remember what Walt said. He always said, we started smelling water. I love that. And they, they, they knew, they started sensing the brooding of the Spirit of God that was calling together a people who would make his presence and his spirit a priority. And so it all led to this this. Uh, this company, this collective of people to take up residence in, in what we now call the theater on the other side of this whole facility complex. It was a church called Bethel Fellowship and they started meeting and pursuing life in the spirit of God. 
all on a whim, all because they sensed something else was happening, all because they were perceiving, God, what are you up to and what are you calling us to do? And in our very root system is a DNA that keeps us as the type of people that, that go about our living and our being in a way that, that we're always asking, God, where are you at work and how can I participate with what you're already doing? That is in our DNA here. That is what it means to walk in the life of the Holy Spirit, right? And so we're paying attention to conversations. We're paying attention to God. What do you do? And where do you want to release joy? Where do you want to release peace? Where do, you, where do you want to release healing? And that's what it means to be a people who take up residence in God. People overshadowed by the life of the Holy Spirit. Where his wings wrap around us. And so that means that in conversations even this week and even after the service today, what I think the, the, the one thing I would encourage you to do even this week is to pay attention to the moments where you sense the Spirit of God is brooding something. And maybe that's leading you to an opportunity to pay attention to a group of people that never get paid attention to or, or somebody in your life that you know needs a touch from God. But I think quite, quite honestly, I can see us even this week, what if we all took an extra moment, an extra few minutes to linger with somebody where normally we would walk away and go about our day. But he says, listen, instead of walking away, I want you to linger. I want you to sit in this moment for a second. Just, just, just spread out your wings a little bit and just be in this moment because it's in the lingering that you can begin to exude even this motherly nature of God, the nurturing, gathering nature of God. And there's something about that that I love. I remember after a service a couple years ago, I got done preaching and I think, I don't know, I don't even remember the message, which probably isn't a good sign, but I, it was probably full of a lot of angsty zeal, you know, youthful, youthful zeal and angst a little bit, which is not hard for me to do, but I, I, I there was, there was part of that that was there, and I remember coming off the stage, and this, this, this older woman came up to me, and I didn't know what she was doing, but she just kind of put her hands on my face like this. It was a little cryptic at first. It was a little, why, why are her hands on my cheeks? And she just said, she just looked him in the eyes and said, oh, you need to know you are loved. And I remember just feeling, at first I was like, this is strange. But then, she said it in a way that only like a spiritual mother could say it. Do, do you guys, have you ever had that experience? She put her hands on my cheeks and she just looked me in the eyes and she pierced something into my heart, into my eyes. And I'm trying to hold it together at that point in time. Inside, I'm like, <laughs> you're right, I need to know I'm loved. You're so right, you know. And she took a moment and it just, it was almost this frozen in time. It was this lingering. It was like this, I'm just going to sit on you here for a second. I'm just going to take you by the cheeks, right? And speak something into your eyes. And sometimes, but what I'm saying though is sometimes that's how, how God, that's how God breaks through into us, into our lives, into our hearts. And that's how he uses us sometimes to speak truth and life into each other. Are you guys, is this okay? Are you guys with me on this? So I'm going to, what I want to do here, I'm going to take a few moments before we end. I'm going to have Josiah play. 
And we're just going to take a few moments. I want you to reflect. And some of you just need to get out some paper. Maybe your phone, just like the Note app in your phone. That's totally fine. And I want you to just, just ponder this question. And maybe as Josiah plays on the keys, and you can turn them up here in a little bit, I, I want you to ask this question. Where is the Spirit of God brooding? Where is He hovering in my life right now? in ways that maybe I didn't notice before, but he's wanting me to pay attention to. Okay? And then, following that question, I want you to ask the question, where in my life outside of me, outside of my existence, where is he showing me that he's at work in a way that maybe I wasn't able to see before? What are the gaps and the voids that I see that he's calling me to participate with him, to go stand in a gap, to be a part. So I'm going to ask Josiah to play That's It. Maybe you just need to close your eyes and just, we're literally going to take a few minutes and do this right here. And I, I just encourage you, maybe this is all new to you. That's totally fine. Like, just take a moment. It's totally cool. Just take a moment and just, just think about where is God at work in my life?
Spirit, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for the way you take up residence in our being. And even today, God, I, I, I know that an exercise like this is potentially painful for some of us when we take inventory of different parts of our lives, but I thank you right now that you're showing us, God, that you're showing each of us individually the places where you're doing important work in our lives or you're empowering us to join you in your work. And so I pray for the comfort of the Holy Spirit to be with us. We pray for the overshadowing of your love, the overshadowing of your peace and your grace to envelop us on all sides, God. We thank you for your tender voice, Holy Spirit. Help us to see and perceive and hear what you're up to. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. Let's see this. Let's stand together. You can bring up the blinds, Michael. I'm going to stand together. And again, we're going to pray. For the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit here, even in this place. Do you want to see a a photo this morning of what it looks like to be nurtured by God? What a great mother, right? I'm just joking. I'm just joking. No, but I was just thinking, man... Even in this picture, you know, our friend Benny, he walks the room and he holds babies. He's thinking, man, how many of us need to be reminded today in, in all of our, invul- our vulnerability and the, the places of our life where we're just not capable of a whole lot. The Holy Spirit is, is nurturing, is gathering, is holding, is, is just propping us up and said, listen, I got this, I got this. And I know he wants us to get that here today. Let's do this. Let's take the hand of the person next to you this morning. Again, thanks for coming this week. And and we're going to pray for each other that as we leave, we leave in the power of the God who has come to invite us into his purposes on this earth, right? So Jesus, I thank you for the person on our right and our left. And we pray today, Lord God, that we go out of this place, we go out in your strength and in the peace and the strength of the kingdom of God. I thank you this morning that you're sending us out as ambassadors of comfort and kindness and tenderness, Lord God. And you're sending us out to perceive and to be a part of what you're doing. And I pray for the overshadowing even now just to envelop us on all sides, Lord God. I thank you for each person here, God, that you have called us to be a part of your purposes, Lord God, that we are not passive participants, but we are active participants. We are powerful ministers in your kingdom, Lord God. So I thank you that as we go out from this place, that you go with us, Lord God. We go in your power to be a part of what you're doing. We love you in this place, Lord Jesus. We love you. And we thank you for meeting us here. We thank you for healing our hearts. We thank you for speaking softly to us even this morning. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said? Amen. 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 Hey, I'm going to.